Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. That's true. Good evening, Atlanta, Georgia, and the surrounding areas. Anywhere you are, because we love you guys no matter where you're from, and we're broadcasting for you and all you Atlanta United folks. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Chew. Chew. It's too far away to go grab at this point. I am Tim End of the season. It is the end of the season. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, who uh, has a little bit of a graveyard going. What, what did we all decide? The, all those kids with their, their, their beer can stacks with graveyards. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Stacking brown liquor bottles. Stacking brown liquor bottle. So this was the run for the season? This is a chat. Look, Andrew Wiebe, Matt Doyle, Ben Bear. This is Charlie Davies. All you guys. This is what a brown liquor podcast looks like, and only one of us drinks. Oh, sir. You got to end. Sir. You got to end it with a new one, right? Yeah. Sir, to, this is a Popeye's. To get to to show respect for the season lost. Yeah. And, and hope for the season to come, right? If Yeah. If you guys are listening to us or watching us live on YouTube, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button and the notification bell Holcomb icon. This is actually really cool. I don't know if you guys saw it before I opened it up. No, I don't. But think, uh, yeah. got a bottle of Bullet, and um, they had a Atlanta United branded Lewis bag that it came in, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes leave us or Apple podcasts now because iTunes is going away. Leave us a rating and or a review. We will read it live on the show. No matter what it says, it Nothing helps us new, out right? tremendously at the end of the day, it helps people find the platform and the podcast and, uh, increase the, the homie viewership and the, the community as it were, um, really just delaying the inevitable to, to reminisce about, about the, the season that was and the Eastern conference finals that, <sighs> And the MLS Cup, that should have been. Yeah, Brittany has kind of started it out right. I, I don't care about MLS Cup now. I'll be watching. Yeah, I put it in the title of the show. But at the at the end of the day, you're right. It's. I don't think I watched the last two with Seattle and, and Toronto in them. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'm the same way, though, with the Super Bowl most of the time. And I've, I've definitely skipped quite a few Super Bowls because the Colts uh, usually shit the bed in the playoffs. So I'm kind of used to this. Feels good to open a new bottle. Yeah. Get lost. Yeah. Get lost. Yeah. So how do you wanna how do you wanna structure tonight? I because I don't it's tough, right? Because I, I don't want this show and it for it to be the last show of the season, it's obviously under a completely different context as what our last show of the season was last year, right? So I don't want it to come across as downtrodden or sad in any way because i think our message has always been and will always continue to be is regardless of the outcome or the score at the end of the 90 minutes don't let that dictate your enjoyment of the experience and for all intents and purposes atlanta united won that game aside from the score at the end of the game i think and so no absolutely 
Yeah, and was... so I think this season is is indicative of that as well. It's like it was a season that none of us expected to go as well as it did, and I mean, except for me, maybe more so than others by a couple of different points based on the vault yeah, results. That's true. But, uh... <laughs> I'll give you that. But uh, but yeah, I think I think overall, and actually, I wanted to look at that. I think I think it was. Trying to remember. I know I said it originally, um, and then you guys shamed me for it. No, I think I switched it because we we were talking about remember like who's going to be what team was going to be at the top at the end of the season because we were talking about playoff standings and we were saying who was going to be the. Oh, I said we were going to be supporter shield. You said second place. And Dan Dan said said second. And I think and I think Dan and I. Dan said DC, and then I said Toronto. He's like Toronto. I was like, no, I think it's gonna be DC too. But Toronto ends up winning two games against teams that statistically won the match, and yeah. also just in the run of play, seemed to be the better team. But that's sometimes the way it goes, unfortunately. So, no, agreed. It's uh, it sucks. Yeah, I was talking to our buddy Igor at work, and he uh, he came in this morning. He's like, how are you feeling? Like after last week, because I guess I hadn't seen him in a few days, and uh, he's like, I knew ex- as soon as De Leon came on, it's like I knew that was he's going to score against us. Yeah, so he does it all the time in the playoffs. But sure enough, I mean, what can you say? Carl Seggy saying cracking season, nothing to be ashamed about. Agreed. I mean, I uh, and Brittany asked two lucky shots, and they win absolutely. So two shots, two goals. I think Joe Patrick was the first one I saw post the XG or him or Teoto football. I don't read too much into those kind of statistics, but it was glaringly obvious who the better team on the field was. And Atlanta United had like a 2.4 XG while Toronto had like a 0.14 or something like that. Everything, man. Look at possession. You look at shots. You look at shots on goal. You look at, I mean, everything went Atlanta United's way except for the score. Yeah. I mean, in. One of the things I guess we can start with is, granted, we got kind of a soft penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Bradley was kind of done a little wrong by that. I still boot him the entire game. I know, and uh, yeah, the guy I in front of me, the, the guy in front of me was not very happy. Good, yeah, as he should not be. No, I, I, I think, uh, I think he deserves to get booed. Um, <laughs> now at the end of, it, he's like, damn, I should have been doing it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the. Um, why, why are you booing him? Because Sunil Gulati's not on the field, and I don't know where he is now because he got fired. That's always mine and Paul's joke every time everybody yells, Goose, why are they booing him? <laughs> why, <laughs> just, just play that ignorant person. That's in, why are they booing him? I don't get it. He's on our team. Why are they booing him? Which which is funny. <laughs> they think the guy next to us, I'm pretty sure, was booing Guzan at first. And <laughs> I think because it he makes him want to play hard if you boo him. Because I think he was just trying. I think. And and I I respect this a lot for people who come into it and are kind of learning through osmosis around the people oh, that yeah. are around them. Oh, They're yeah. like, oh, I need to. I don't. Do they do the Michael Parkhurst chant near you? Yeah. Okay. That like I feel like that originated the beginning of the season. That was about a section and a half over, and then by the end of the season, it was our entire like yeah. our entire section was was doing it. But um, or that entire end of the field, I should say. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure he learned through osmosis. He's like, okay, I boo keepers. You oh, got- oh, they're oh they're saying goos. Why are they booing him? Yeah, no, it's funny <laughs> you say that because that's exactly what I feel like happened to the guy next to me. Um, Why but does nobody sit down. But instead, <laughs> why is everybody standing up? Oh God, I well, I didn't get any of that this season, which was surprising. We go Shanae. We go Shanae. Um. But the penalty with Joseph, I saw the stupidest, to me, the stupidest. I'm going to say stupidest because it's ironic Fitting. to say, right? Um, now, the dumbest opinions, I'm, I'm just going to say that. I, I'm sorry. I think it's really stupid when people in hindsight say that Joseph was injured and shouldn't have taken the penalty. So if you say that, he shouldn't have been on the field at all. Because if you can't take a set piece from 12 yards away... Yeah, one on one with the keeper. If he's yeah. not healthy for that, he should have never been on the field. He's healthy enough to make a full ninety-minute appearance, exactly. run his ass off, exactly, and get into positions. 
you're telling me he can make those runs, get into those positions, get one-on-ones with a keeper where uh, let's um, I already forgot. I forget their keeper's name. Unimportant makes good saves on Joseph. He's good enough to do that, but he really shouldn't have been taking the penalty to begin with because he was hurt. Yeah. He can't run up because we score that penalty. The game's over. They're buried. They're they're buried. But then, but then you would say like two nil is the most dangerous lead to have in soccer. That's also a cliche, right? Yeah. So, well, and then the opposite may hold true. Pity takes it and skies it like he did the last time we played. Right. What does that do for his confidence? Pity was amazing. Yeah, he was great against TFC. He was great every game that he played the the latter half of the season. I totally agree with that. Yes, he was. He I even slanderous home before dark can say that Pity <laughs> that Pity Martinez slanderous slanderous that Pity Martinez was great even, even when they even when they hate us they're still listening to us oh yeah we live rent free in their heads absolutely <laughs> we live no rent- amount of one stars will keep them from listening there's not a dog in this studio right now but i can still smell his farts through the door because he is sitting laying in the jack and jill right next to us <laughs> and it is just going underneath the uh, i need ceiling, to get one of those ceiling fans sucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but it, i think it's a really I, and i don't care you could say whatever give me your responses if you guys feel differently but i think it was a really stupid take in the mo- even in the moment to say he shouldn't have been taking that penalty no i mean the, the keeper made a great save absolutely that's it that's the thing is people keep saying that Joseph missed a penalty. He did it. If the keeper chooses the, if the keeper chooses the right direction with enough pace on it, it's really hard for them to not save the ball. Yes. I mean, I mean that's that is the biggest challenge in it. Dude, is, he put it where you're exactly. taught to put it. Exactly. Low exactly. corner. Exactly. Yeah. It I was, mean, it was really it was a really stupid take. I think take I think me. the biggest thing that leads to that take is or the only thing that maybe leads to it is that Joseph arguably has a his worst season out of his three years with Atlanta United with his PK consistency. Just that part of it's just that. Bad. Okay, I was gonna say no. like he was definitely better oh, no. this year than he was in year oh, one. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, just, arguably just, he's be- Arguably, he put in less goals than he did last year. No, but he's arguably better season. this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the problem is that the team really depended on him entirely for any goal scoring. True. He missed two penalties this year. I thought it was three. He missed one on the hop. And then this one was saved. I thought he missed three. It may have just been two, but still, I wonder if they keep you're talking stat. about somebody that has been, I think because they did a whole feature on it during MLS cup last year, where he had like something ridiculous of a 95% success rate on his PKs and how hard it is for keepers to judge it based on his hop. And then that was what opened up the other discussion this after this game of like, why didn't he do the hop? Well, the last time he did the hop is whenever he skied it. So, I think he missed. Three. Yeah, no, he missed two. He had uh, okay. he had seven attempts and five goals. Okay, and that was the other thing is that he also had way more opportunities to score PKs last year, which was my biggest criticism of him with his goals is that a large portion of them last year came off of PKs. Well, I don't think that's a that's criticism. Not, it's of not him. a criticism. I just mean what those goals ended up accumulating to in a Golden Boot season in large part were due to PKs. Unlike yeah, that's fair. I mean, look at Carlos Vela scored yeah. nine penalties, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Exactly. Carlos Vela, um, the debate about whether or not he, I mean, he, he clearly beat Joseph record, Joseph's record. Um, that's a, that's an interesting topic of discussion. Who do you think we, we beat it the horse to death. And ultimately, it ends up. Carlos Vela missed two penalties this year, too, by the way. Ultimately, it ends up being a moot point this season as far as who ends up having a better season, Atlanta United or LAFC. I still think Atlanta United probably has a better season if you're on paper. Yeah, I think two shields under a new coach with more games. Two cups. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to say that Atlanta United, and call me Homer or whatever, but. I think Atlanta United season was more successful than LAFC's, regardless of what that result was going to be. If LAFC was already out, no matter what Atlanta United did, I think they end up having a better season because you got one trophy compared to two. Yeah, that's true. Well, Carlos Vela won MVP this past yeah. weekend, or today? so. Who do you think has a better season on a player-to-player basis? Carlos oh, Carlos Vela, Carlos Vela right. had the best. I agree. Yeah, he, he had the best, arguably the best season in MLS. No, history. I'm not talking about. I'm not. Yeah, that was going to be the point I was going to make. It wasn't necessarily comparing Carlos 
and Joseph this season, but Carlos no, this season had, to Joseph last year. It's hard for me. Like it's I, the, it's the assists, right? Like that's yeah. what makes the difference to me. He led the league in assists. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, no, for me, it's. Uh, hold on, did he lead the league in assists? No, no, no. Barrios did. Okay, never mind. No, so he was top five in assists, though. So Elliot Beaven said that uh, Joseph missed one in against Club America. So that would be three. Yeah, that's true. This can't be on his cup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta still ends up winning the match, sure. but still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, who would you rather? And he oh, had how many? Did you say seven? He had seven attempts. Five, five foot in. That would be eight attempts. Eight attempts, five goals. Yeah. So that's roughly 60%, let's say. Compared to ninety five percent, who on the team year. would you rather have taking him though? Oh that's, no, that's, I, I don't. Yeah, you know. I don't. I, I'm not debating any of that. I just think it's it's one of those things. Like the only argument you can make is that Joseph's accuracy and percentage this year compared to last year is not even comparable. Where he was at ninety five percent last year with more attempts than he was this year with less attempts. Yeah. You know? That's the only thing I can make a point. And again, I'm just grasping at straws because I think it was ultimately the right decision. Keeper guesses the right direction. He gets the save. What are you going to do about it? Atlanta United was still dominating that fucking game up until the second goal. Absolutely. Yeah. And even after that, even after that, you're like, oh, of course they're going to get another one to equalize to go into extra time. Like, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, it was frustrating. Absolutely. But at the same time, there's no better way for me in terms of going out knowing that it took that to beat yeah, us. Yeah. That I know that sounds homerish to say too, that it took that to beat us. Yeah. That's just, okay. Take it. I, I will. Don't, I, don't, I, I don't care. Will. Yeah. I'll take that over getting knocked out in PKs against a shitty Columbus team yeah. in year one, which brings me to my other point. This is year one under Frank DeBoer. A, a coach well, that Tata, several people uh, yeah. are were clamoring for four weeks in to be released from the club altogether. <laughs> that ends up in his first year, not only managing a team through their first appearance in CONCACAF to their first win in U.S. Open Cup, their first win in Campione's Cup, and a deeper run in the playoffs in his first year under a new system, arguably new players for him because he hadn't coached them before and trying to completely change the dynamic and the face of this team goes deeper in the playoffs his first year against more opponents, arguably a steeper uh, competition in his first year than what Tata Martino does in his. Yeah, I mean, coming in and beating New England, who latter half of the season was pretty great once Bruce Arena came in. And then beating Philly. Philly especially. And then losing against Toronto on two ridiculous goals. Two ridiculously amazing goals, I will say. Well, the first one was was good. Second one was out of this world. And it and it taking that to beat us is uh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely for that. I mean, Kendrick Brock being the troll that he is saying that uh tata has never tata never lost a uh, eastern conference finals <laughs> he also didn't get there his first year true yeah yeah frank de has never lost a uh first round game that's in the a playoffs. good point that's yeah. a good point or second round game in the playoffs uh frank has never lost a u.s open cup match either yeah it's true <laughs> thanks to brandon vasquez tata also never lost a tata there uh, <laughs> tata there frank uh tata also never lost a Concacaf game so he's got a couple of things that you can lord over FD if you wanted to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Carl Seggy says uh, Gressel on penalties, as I imagine he goes top bins every time. And then Gressel, I think, could could have been. A, I mean, look, any of them were options. Hindsight's always 20 20, right? Like, yeah, why have, didn't Barco take it? Uh, yeah. Bar- Barco didn't miss one this year, right? Barco I mean, or Pity or Gressel or Nagby or Jeff. I mean, anybody. Nagby's won. Yeah. Huh. And it could have gone any number of ways. Yeah. But the, ultimately, the person that takes all of your PKs is the person you want to be taking it on the biggest stage, injury or not, especially if they clearly aren't injured enough to not play. And 
showed that he was capable of playing. Yeah. You know, um, it's just tough. That's the way it goes sometimes, but onward and upward uh, brings me to my next point. Hold on. What are you doing? Just the opening of that 50 cent album. Get Richard die trying. Hold on. I'm trying oh, to find the clip. You, I'm oh, doing the, this again. The infamous Tim of, uh, pulling up a video that's 30 find minutes it. long to find a two second clip. Pay that man his money. <laughs> For Julian Gressel. Yeah, and that's the, that's 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 my message to to Boca Negra. Okay, Arthur how Blank. much? How much? How much? How much? How much? Let's talk. He's at this point. Is that was that the next point we're going to get to? Yeah, I want to talk about. I want to talk about Gressel because we got a lot to cover tonight, right? Like, I want to. All right, here's the format. I think we've beat the Toronto game to death, right? You got anything else to talk about Toronto? Yes, I do. Alan Kelly was trash during mm-hmm. that game. The he definitely lost the plot beginning of the second half toward for the rest of the game. I feel like it, uh, he was out of his depth in a lot of ways. The foul that didn't get called against Nagby is pretty outrageous to me. Um, not just that Alan Kelly missed it, that the AR on the sideline missed it. And then Alan Kelly right before kickoff holds up play, puts his fingers to his ears as if he's talking to the VAR and the VAR seemingly says, yeah, no foul. It It didn't happen. Either that or I, I don't know. Did they ever get a Kendrick Brox, our rules expert referee? Sorry, same with Carl Segge. Do you guys know, did PRO give us a explanation as to why that foul was not called in favor of Atlanta United or that, that goal wasn't called back for the foul against Nagby? Regardless of that, my biggest issue, and I think one of the biggest things that Frank DeBoer needs to instill in this defensive back line is their inability to play to the fucking whistle. That's true. Like one of the earliest concepts that you learn as a player is you in any sport is you play to the fucking whistle. And that is what has made me the most upset out of this team, especially over the past four or five games where against new England, they nearly concede two goals because they're all standing there, holding their hands up, wanting the offside. They, everyone fucking knows that the linesman has been told to hold the flag down for as long as possible. Stop fucking stop holding up play, expecting them to do that because it may not have been offside and you have conceded a goal hoping that it gets reviewed and overturned. Yeah. The Nagby foul is another example of that where so many of the players gave up on the play and it allowed them to step into space and find an opening for a wonder goal i mean don't get me wrong the goal was fucking phenomenal but if players aren't jockeying for the ref's attention and expecting the foul to be called and actually stepping to the man with the ball in the what is that the 82nd minute at that point 80th minute was it? It was late in the it fucking was late. game. It was in either yeah, late late seventies, early eighties. Like at in that position with the game on the fucking line with the lead, or or in a tie at that point, rather, you you can't just stop playing. Like that's that's what I think Frank's biggest challenge is, and what I I hope that the team really grows and matures going into next season is arguably the worst thing that I saw in the playoffs was the team consistently giving up on plays, expecting the linesman or the field official to make a call and ultimately either getting really close to conceding a goal or actually conceding a goal. Who didn't play in the playoffs? What do you mean? In our defense. Oh, Miles Robinson? Yeah. Yeah. Would that have happened if he were out there? If he and Parkhurst are out there, it's or he, and, though, it's it's that's another one of those things. It's like okay, no, well, I'm, saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saving. I'm, I mean this more moving forward. I think that his mentality out there maybe lead by example, because I don't think that was perhaps. I I don't think I really saw that throughout the season, except for maybe towards the end or in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, I, um, I agree. I, I mean, it w- it was a shitty no call. Absolutely. But it's even shittier for the team to give up on the play. So I hope that gets better in the offseason. Anything else from Toronto? Um, Michael Kerr's last game, I, I'd, I'd be yeah, remiss I, if I didn't mention the <laughs> fact that, obviously, and that'll, that'll maybe 
tie into. It's a very like unceremonious way for him to have to play his last minutes for Atlanta United, yeah. like rushing off the field to get was a Tito that came on. Yeah, the only substitution yeah. that Frank DeBoer made. Yeah, but at the same time, rightfully so. Who else are you going to put in? There that was there That's was another nothing, straw man yeah. that I've seen put up after the loss. Is like, oh, I can't believe he didn't. Well, who else are you going to? Who, who the fuck are you going to put in? Tata Martino is in his same shoes. What does he do? Is he put in Dion Pereira for for Joseph? I think Alec Can should have come in and been up top. Well, it's true. Honestly. I mean, Kevin Kratz could have taken a Kevin Kratz could have taken that penalty. We could have subbed off Joseph whenever that penalty came <laughs> on, knowing that he was injured and he was too injured to take the penalty. Uh, we could have subbed him off and and put on Kevin Kratz. So, no, nothing else from Toronto. Um, good luck to Seattle because I can't stand Toronto. Um, I think Toronto has gotten by the skin of their fucking teeth. Between Whereas Seattle NYC, just beat yeah, the brakes off exactly. of LAFC. I think Seattle. Seattle may have, have it may been, run away with this one. Yeah, they were the Toronto has coasted by. There were three teams. There were three teams towards the end of the season that were head and shoulders better than everybody else, and that was to me Seattle, LAFC, and NYCFC. Yeah, like to me, those three teams going into the playoffs were probably the most deadly looking. Yeah, NYCFC does their normal thing and they shit the bed. Yep. Um, and then LAFC just like. I think everybody knew throughout the season this one and done format is not good for them. No. They played to their competition sometimes and they got beat. Um, but Seattle, Brian Smetzer has them playing really well and good luck to them. I likely will not be watching that game. I will likely just be out in the, the workshop. Yeah. I don't know. So um Gressel, pay that man his money. How much? I don't think he's he's not a DP. He's not a DP. He's not, not for a, this team. No, and we don't know what the CBA is going to bring either. So what what assumptions are we operating under that we're under okay, the current let's start structure? With, let's, let's start with DP first. Do you see any of the three DPs that Atlanta United currently has on roster being sold or traded in the offseason? The more I think about it, and I know I, I talked about this and kind of was not fear-mongering. I was just kind of putting it out there that I, I was – I was panicked that I thought there was going to be a ton of turnover. The more I think about it, the only one of those three I could that I see conceivably leaving is Barco. Yes, because Barco's still really young, and he had a pretty good season. He had a very good season, not he just was on for the Atlanta pitch. United, but for the U twenties. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh no, he was outstanding for the U twenties. It sucked he got hurt, but yeah. and then um, whenever he did play for us and whenever he wasn't out he was he was fantastic of the three he's definitely the most vulnerable i don't think joseph leaves unless he gets some ungodly contract which i don't see necessarily happening well or we would have to get the ungodly sum of money that's what i mean up front yeah and then he would have to um how does that work you pay does does joseph get any say in it no he does so the the way the transfer process works is one team pays the other team for the rights to negotiate for a contract. So let's say Newcastle comes in and says, I'll give you 30 million pounds for Joseph. Atlanta United says, okay, we accept it. And then they have to agree to personal terms. Is this terms. before or after Brexit? I mean, that work permit actually would be pretty... That's actually not a bad point. <laughs> let's, let's, let's say that um, Real Betis comes in for him in Spain. They're still in the EU. They have no, there's no spanks it. Uh-huh. There's no spanks it going on. <laughs> um, they come in for him. They say, I'll give you 30 million euro at this point, not pounds. Um, Atlanta United says, okay, we'll take that. Now you have to agree to personal contract terms with Joseph. And Joseph yeah. can say, fuck off. Yeah. I'm staying in Atlanta. Yeah. And he doesn't have to go. Yeah. There's, Do they have to? So they have. They, there's a barrier to entry before they can even open negotiations. Yeah, that's, that's essentially. So Atlanta, ooh, would that be would that be insider trading for Atlanta United to talk to Joseph? And be like, look, we're gonna make some money. Let people pay us to negotiate with you, but we're trusting you're gonna stay here. <laughs> Just let us make that money. Oh, is that possible? You can't do that, right? Surely not. That'd be so fucked up. Wait, say, say that again. Like, okay, so you said a team has to pay for the right to negotiate with a player. Right, because because Joseph's under contract. Right. You so, can't negotiate a contract with Joseph without coming through me, so does Atlanta it, United. Yeah. So, okay, okay, let's do this, right? Let's say this cork. Is, Explain is, it to is me Joseph. like I'm five. Exactly. This cork is Joseph, right? He's under your possession. 
put it behind your hands. I'm paying you to move your hands so that I can talk to the cork. Yes. Right? All right. So I've already paid you this money to talk to the cork. But now the cork says, okay, no matter what you're offering me, I'm staying with Atlanta United. You could put your hands back up and that money's already spent to you. No, 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 got, no, no, no. The money that's comes what back. I'm saying. No, no, no. It has that's to be what I'm saying. Like, because oh, that gotcha, would be some no. shady shit if you were like, hey, come here, court. Listen, no, we're going to get no, this no. money and let us talk to you. If, <laughs> a trans- if, a trans- if a transfer fee, like, it's a twofold thing, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Teams have to agree. Player has to agree with the new team. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you can see why that would be confusing for. Yeah, exactly. Somebody like me that doesn't the know way that I described The way that I described it last week was... <laughs> was that your phone? I guess so. Yeah. All this talk about Brexit. Yeah. The way that I explained <laughs> will it. Bre- Siri, will Brexit ever happen? I found this on the web. Oh, I hate it when you do that. I just hate it. Why don't you just give me straight answers? Yeah. Stop. If I wanted to look for the answer, I'd fucking Google it. Yeah. Or go to... You ever go to... L M G F T or whatever. Let me Google that for you. Dot com. I think Dan really put all of his stock in Brexit. That's why he's not on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the what, what I was likening it to it the other day was talking about the our uh, natural gas bills. Yeah, because Georgia yeah. or Atlanta gaslights like. I'm not actually going direct to consumer. I'm going to pay all these marketers. I have Scana, I have Just Energy, I have Infinite Energy, I have all these companies that are going to be my my middleman. Even, it's like, I have to pay Just Energy $40 for the right to even have my gas available to me. I don't even have to use it. So it's even... So that would be that shady shit that you're talking about is where they get to keep, they get to put their hands back up. Right, right. Just because I gave you the... I gave you the right. I'm sorry it didn't work out. I let you do it. I gave you zero therms. You can use them whenever you want. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So back to back to the point. Julian Gressel. So Barco potentially frees up. Potentially frees up DP slot. Does does the extra DP slot or salary cap it or any of that increase next year? Because I know there's been talks. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That's what I was trying to get at. Was right. We are here. What assumptions and structures and rules are we working under right now with these questions? Because there's a new CBA being negotiated in like, January. I also like this posturing right now. Yeah. It's like we, we really are in a business deal here. Yeah. This is great. Um, let's operate under the current CBA, knowing that a new DP slot is not necessarily likely. That increased TAM and GAM is not necessarily, or not like, I don't mean likely, uh, is not guaranteed. Okay. So new DP slot's not guaranteed. Upgraded Tam and Gam coffers, not guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so let's say, let's just go ahead and say Barco's gone. Are we doing a? Do, you have a, do you have a pen in your pocket? Always. Um, we gonna do a vault? Yeah, I like it. Let's do let's do an if then scenario. Let's let's write the let's write the source code on on Gressel's fate, right? So first thing would be if if Barco leaves, then blank. And then the second one would be if Barco stays, then blank. Or, or better yet, if there's an open DP slot, then blank. If all three DP slots are filled by the current roster positions held, then blank. And, and then we're talking about Gressel's fate based on those assumptions. So I have if Barco leaves, that's where I started. Okay. Um, if we keep all three DPs? Yeah. As is. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because I think inherently the same answer is, is tied to both of these, at least for me. So if Barco leaves, how old's Gressel right now? 24? 25. Okay. I think. I may be wrong. Do we know? Okay. This is this is going to be kind of, we got we to gotta do some more work here right so, yeah it's 25 so let's do some more work we, we know what, he actually turns 26 in a month okay so we know what the what the conditions are that we need to fill but let's let's figure out the, the sort of source to get there so um before you can make that call let's answer some other questions which are how much do you think we're going to need to pay him because ultimately we we were assuming that he's going to have to take a dp he's slot. He's making right? like 170 right now, 160? Yeah. Something like that. He's making sub $200,000. Yeah. 
Miles Robinson is making more than him. Granted, Mike Miles Robinson so you, was our number one draft pick. He's so you're assuming, overall. I mean, ultimately, I think in order to take a DP slot, no, you're assuming he's overall. gonna make a jump to nine figures, right? Or not nine, not nine, sorry. I meant seven. No, not necessarily. Really? You think that, that Atlanta and I would commit to a, a DP slot for less than that? Oh, no. no. If oh, you're saying if he's a DP? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because otherwise, why would we even be having no, a conversation? Would, no, no, no. He'd be a TAM player at that point, at least the way I understand it. This stuff's still confusing. I, I ask what, I, what rules are we operating under as if I understand them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can't work in. This is why I don't ever work in su- finance. This is why I don't ever succeed in FIFA. <laughs> Pay nine, nine figures for a player. Oh, Gressel's available for three hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, after five years of playing FIFA, gets the finally gets that little upgrade that you can get bought out by a billionaire. Uses it in career mode and just buys Julian Gressel <laughs> nine hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> We were hoping he'd be a squad rotation player. Okay. <laughs> we'll give him 750 million for Whatever. the year. Um Brian uh Brian Daniels, thanks for joining. I'm glad you're in the trap, Brian. Me too. Because it's always I, I love that you leave comments all the time, but it's good to have you in uh live. He said he should get paid under between half to one million dollars. To me, that's not DP money. Uh, Jose Hernandez. Not for this team. Jose Hernandez left. Huh. So so that's that's why I wanted to, to bring up that topic because I think that informs the other decisions, which is that for Atlanta United, whose cheapest DP right now is Pity Martinez, whose contract is 1.5 with Atlanta, I believe we looked at a couple weeks ago. Because the bulk of his contract was his transfer. Say Petey? Yeah. I think it was 1.5. No, those those things are not um, correlational. Transfer I, fees, like he, we right, we but could the, have paid 15 the, million for. But the for price tag him. that the price tag that you've heard associated with Pity is 15 Some, million, right? Right, that's how much we right. paid River Plate. Right, but his actual salary is 1.5. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And so, with him being the cheapest DP that we have currently at 1.5, that's really what we're talking about right now. Is Gressel is does Gressel meet the threshold of one to 1.5? In my opinion, no. he absolutely does not, which then goes into the logic for the if-then equation, which is where he falls into the category. So to that logic, if, if, if a DP slot opens up, I still think that there's a path to keep Gressel, but I don't think he takes a DP role based on what Atlanta United has been willing to pay for that position. I think another DP whether it's somebody that we already know about in the MLS or internationally ends up filling that role. The trends for this team seem to suggest that it would be a younger player from South America, but with Frank DeBoer's influence, I would not be surprised to see a DP from Europe end up making their way onto this team. That's fair. So, that's where my if then goes. If if a DP slot fills up, so go back to the first one. If DP slot fills up, um, if or Barco, opens up, yeah. If Barco leaves, I think uh, new DP, not Gressel. Gressel's not a DP in any, either one of these scenarios. I don't think. Oh, for say me. the same thing. Yeah. Um, if we were to keep all three DPs, I think we still have a path to keep. I, th- I think we have a path to keep Gressel in either one of these. Again, it comes down to like how much are we willing to pay him? Half a million dollars? I think that still seems really high considering the what's the highest paid salary player that we have right now? A non-DP player? Non-DP player. Uh, probably Tito or Nagby. Which I, don't, is I, don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me. Can somebody pull that up for us? We need uh, your help. My guess tonight. would be like three quarters of a million dollars for Nagby, something like that. So in that case, if we lose Nagby, I think that makes the most sense, right? Is that that by the transitive property, Gressel ends up filling that need for the team. And maybe that's really the ultimate discussion here is like who who has to leave in order to pay Gressel the money? And I think Nagby makes the most sense is that if, if Nagby gets traded, I think we keep Gressel. If Nagby stays, I don't know that we do. So who am I looking? Because I don't for? know that we free up enough funds to be able to keep up. 
So Darlington Nagby is on uh, $665,000 a year. And who's the – I bet Guzan's probably the highest. Tito is on – Tito, I think, has gone this year too. Well, Tito's contract was 830000 Wow. Uh, so hold on. So Nagby's Tito is definitely 665 k Tito's at eight hundred and thirty. Yeah, is what I said. And um, what's Guzan? Guzan like 1.1? It doesn't matter. Guzan's not leaving until no, he retires. No. But I still want to know what it is. Was it Guzan's at 740000 Oh, okay. Um, Barco, PD, Okay. Was PD at 1.5? Did I get that right? Well, I'm up? looking at MLSP. I'm, I'm looking at the MLSPA website. That's fine. So you're saying Barco? No, PD. PD. PD I think PD was getting paid 1.5 whenever I looked at it. He is getting paid Gonzalo Martinez. Where's he at? Huh. Why is he not on there? Interesting. He is not September 20 is September 13th, 2019 player guide. Oh, Here. PD Martinez. There he is. 900,000. Oh, okay. So he's not quite a million dollars. Okay. Well, that opens up. Again, what I was trying but to say still, there is that's not correlational just because we no, paid fifteen absolutely. million for him. Absolutely. That doesn't mean his contract's gonna be that high. No, that's what I, and that's what I was saying too, is that I know that he wasn't making fifteen million here, obviously. But like, I just want to make sure the camera those monies went other, okay. other other places. Okay. So um, and then Barco is on one point Barco's on one point four two. Okay. That might be where I was getting it from. And then Joseph's on three point three. Okay. Um, so Maybe the if then kind of falls apart. Cause I think we both have the same logic that through talking about this, that Pity Martinez is the lowest paid DP that we have at nine hundred thousand. With the with this huge only shift. seventy thousand above Tito. So let's say Tito. Could we move? Is Tito gone? Yes. Okay. I'm saying yes, and you're saying yes. That's eight hundred thirty thousand dollars worth of salary cap that opened up. Nagby, okay. here or gone. Gone. I am actually starting to lean towards. Um, I'm putting a yes for gone. Um, oh, yeah. You need to clarify that. Uh, gone. Yeah. But yes is gone. Uh, here. Whatever. Yeah. Just do it the one time and we'll know. Um, I actually, for whatever reason, I'm starting to lean towards. Oh, yeah. And we freed up another 100K with Hernandez gone. Okay. So that is right now that's a million dollars in salary cap. Let's presume in your scenario that's another million and a half, 1.6 million. So that's enough for so 1.6 million um and you put on average, let's say that's you can have three pretty good TAM players for that. How much how much are you willing to pay for Gressel right now? Um ha four four fifty. 450 as well. I like that number. I'd be willing to go 550. My the big I love Gressel to death, and I I think that he deserves to have a number retired and all that kind of stuff because he has been instrumental to this team's success in his first three years. But at the end of the day, it's business. He's about to turn 26 years old. Right. And I think he's somewhere around the 500. I don't think he gets anywhere close to the million, though. Because you got to think also what what this team's got to restock going into next year right now, even with the players that we either know are retiring or are going to be retiring soon, not to mention just traded. So you've got to find somebody that's going to give you defensive depth with the absence of Michael Parkers. Um, Pogba, another good point. Um, Elliot Beaven says um, Shea's gone after this year. I think I think he goes to free agency after this year. Yeah, I th- uh, yeah, I agree. Um, so I love, I, I wish Bay had a better run this year just due to that injury, but, um, cause we definitely could have used him towards the end of the season. Yeah. So you say gone, I say gone. So that's like, I think he's on like a quarter million dollars a year, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. Um, yeah. And then we get the money that Parkhurst is on right now, which is about 300,000. Yeah. Shay's on two twenty five. Yeah. Parkhurst. Um, I believe you're right. Is at 300. Yeah, Carl Sagan was saying this. Um, Parkhurst is at 300. What's Pogs? What's Flow? Miram, I think we have to keep him just because his contract is so low. He may be able to bargain for a little bit more, but I don't think it's going to creep up much more than what we're already paying him. I think I think that's an easy one to keep in the stay bucket right now for the team because 
the price point was so low for him. I don't know that he's increased his stock with his age to he's really seven. Go. He's almost on 700,000 a year. Really? He's at 678. Again, not correlational. What we paid for him was That's, peanuts. Okay. His That's contract right. is okay. pretty hefty. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I, I still say, it... yeah, I don't know. Because you compare it. He's older. He's oh, yeah. got three, four years on, on Gressel. Yeah. They, technically kind of play the same position on opposite sides of the now field. what you're going to need miram for is whenever we release tito you're going to need miram there or i think we are in for a massive overhaul and we are going to have the funds to do it i don't i hope this team doesn't go through that though personally mm-hmm. i think that's such a hard thing to do for a team and how many teams do you know of that go through a complete overhaul and come out the better end of it that are already in a successful position to do like before they do so i mean manchester city does it <laughs> granted they're working with a different set of rules but um they seemingly have four or five new guys in a lineup every year and four or five is yeah they continually win what so all right let's keep going through this gressel here or gone next year i think he's here the more we talk about it I say that, but then for him to say what he did leading up to it about like, I don't want to get upset makes me wonder if he wants more money than Atlanta is going to be willing to pay him. And if another team is willing to do it, fuck man, that's tough. I think the only teams that are going to be able to afford him, if Atlanta United does not keep him because they don't think they can afford him at what they believe he's worth. I think he would go and play with like a lower level Bundesliga club go back and play in Germany. If he goes, because those teams could afford his salary because they probably are operating with higher salaries than us. I'll put the caveat that if he, go, if, if he, he stays, if he can make 500 K or less. Okay. I don't think he, he's not staying making any. Well, I'm I, not, ma- I'm, I'm doing this. So you're saying he's staying. If, if we pay him 500 or less. I don't think we can. I don't think I'm just going to spice it up. I think he's probably going to go. I don't know if he just feels disrespected or what, but um, Petey here. Yeah. Okay. I think so too. Petey's going to have a huge year next year. So we can leave that 900,000. Next year is going to be a huge year for this team in general. I mean, I'm really excited to see what happens, even with new acquisitions, because you've got a coach that knows what he wants to see on the field right now more than ever having gone through a full season and knows what what key players are missing for the depth aspect of it and what he wants to run in the system, next year is going to be really exciting to see. Yeah, we'll see what other steals he can find a la Deion Pereira. Um, Barco, here, stay. Or here, gone. I'll say stay. I will say gone, and I will put two points on it, and I'll say he's going to go play in Spain. Um, Joseph? Stay yeah, he has no intent on leaving. Tito, we both said, is already gone. Yeah. So that's 830. Pogba? He's on 300 plus. I mean, the other thing that this demonstrates is that the starting point for salary right now for a decent player of Atlanta United caliber is probably around the 300. Just to be a squad player, it's probably around the 300 range. But then you look at what this team has done with their... I mean, look at what Atlanta United has picked up with their draft picks between Miles Robinson and Julian Gressel. Yeah, but then look at what they did in year two and year three of the draft. That's true. I mean, we have John Gallagher coming back into the fold next year, hopefully. Uh, played a season out on loan. I don't know if he's... He might still be out. Um, Gordon Wilde got released. Oliver Shannon got released. Anderson Asiedu got released yeah don't really have anything to show for the last two drafts so good point that's um it's going to be harder and harder as this league grows to find those steals yeah uh pogba (sighs) how old he he's pretty old too right pogba uh i think he's 28 yeah he's gone 29 yeah i think so too um gone yes I really like made this hard to read. Yeah. Um, and then we both said Shea 
and Michael Parkhurst obviously is gone. Um, Larry stays. Yep. Um, who Carlton. Else? Somebody mentioned Carlton. I think Carlton's here next year. Yeah. I think he worked his. He yeah. He played really well at the twos. Yeah. Um, who else is in the? Oh, Remedy. He's a weird one, right? Because all season it seemed like he was in Frank DeBoer's plans. I think he stays maybe mid-season, which is where I think Barco goes and Carl missed, or not Carl's. Um, Brian mentioned that he thinks that Barco will be a mid-season transfer. That's kind of the way I'm leaning right now as well. I okay. just don't think he got enough marquee time this year to get a transfer for the price tag that Atlanta United's going to be asking for him. Think the end of next year or midseason could be a more viable option for Barco. I'm going to say yes because midseason would be a yes. I'm going to say no. I think he stays for the whole season. Um, okay, so that frees up a ton of money. And oh, you're saying midseason would be a yes for going? Yeah. Oh well, then put Barco on that. Oh, okay. I just don't think he goes in this offseason. I think he, he okay. goes in midseason next year. So that really does free up a fair amount of salary I think, cap I think we to keep, work There's with. a path to keep Gressel, but not for any more than half a million, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's probably what negotiations have kind of hedged on right now. And that's what I'm saying is like it's going to depend on how much he wants or how much he yeah. thinks. How much is uh, Jordan Morris making? Because I think that's probably his counterpart, right? Would you argue that in the league? Um. I would say Jordan Morris is more accomplished and a better player than Julian Gressel, but um, 619,000 a year is what Jordan Morris is on right now. But we're in the, we're in the ballpark of that 500 to 600 range. Yeah. I mean, by your logic, if, if, if you're saying, and I think rightfully so that Julian's maybe a peg or two down from that. And Jordan Morris is 23. Yeah. Something like that. He's a few younger. Yeah. Um, and he has, you know, he's 25. Okay. I guess they're the same. He's a year younger than Julian Gressel. Year younger, a little bit better. Scored so, 25 goals so far for the Sounders, has 37 caps with the U.S. men's national team. Again, I mean, again, like we're saying, he's year younger, a little bit better, 619. Stands to reason that Julian is somewhere around the four to $500 or $4,000 to $500,000. Elliot Beaven's asking uh, what Brandon Vasquez is on. It's $166,000 a year. Yeah. <sighs> it's going to be interesting, man. I'm really – so um, what about this? If – ooh, I like this. Um, Barco – let's say Barco leaves. Okay. What's a more logical or what's a more likely scenario? Uh DP from South America or from Europe? South America. I think that Frank is probably going to use that pipeline more for DPs and probably use the pipeline in Europe for younger, cheaper players. I don't know if he's going to raid the Ajax youth setup or anything like that and bring yeah. some guys over. Or the just the Dutch league in general. Um, you know, what I what I'm interested to see next year just as much as Atlanta United is to see what, if any involvement DeBoer has with the twos. You would expect so, right? I mean, for his tendency to want to have a plug and play system in which you have to involve the Academy more so than just your run of play guys, you would expect him to have some involvement with, Atlanta United too, in my opinion. I would hope so. I mean, I mean that was... if he's going to have a five to 10 year plan or whatever we're talking about, like that's got to involve Atlanta United too, in some way. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. He, uh, for him to get a grasp on that and have more of an input as to what's going on down there probably would be good. I mean, it's a little different, right? It's not necessarily the U 17s of, a. Uh, I mean, it's still technically the same team. They play in a different league. I don't know. Well, weird. especially whenever you consider just up. how bad Atlanta United 2 ended up finishing out the season. What do you mean? They won like their last five games, didn't they? They still ended up pretty they were low like, in the table, I thought. I want to say, I thought they were mid-table really? towards the end of the Yeah, I thought they finished out the year uh, mid-table. If so, fuck me. I'm, I totally missed that. 
I'm be completely honest. Um, yeah, I did not realize that they had. I, I know that they were pretty low for a while. Well, I guess they were 14th out of 18. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, but they. I believe they did finish the season out pretty strong. Well, that's good at least. Uh, we lost to Nashville the last game, but had. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven game un- unbeaten streak before bad. ending the season with the loss to. It's about, that's about the time that Carlton started playing with them, too. True. Makes sense. Okay. Um. All right. So, um, favorite moments from this season? Mm. I think booing Michael Bradley. That was probably the the highlight for me. Cool. No. Uh, I don't know, man. Watching us just get over the hump, I felt like I, I I really didn't want the detractors to be right about Frank DeBoer or about Petey Martinez, for that matter. And watching us get over that hump. If cause we, we talked all season about how it was going to be found money if we had success, but to actually watch that and kind of watch the pressure and the stress seemingly come off of the shoulders of those people in the organization. It seemed it was kind of nice because they didn't deserve to get slated the way that they were. Yeah. Favorite game this season? The Houston game. Which one was that? Five goals. That was a good one. And my sister got out to that game, um, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. What about you? Um, Campione's Cup. Oh, dude, that was yeah. Just everything about it. Yeah. Set and setting. Dungeness Crab Claws. That was just a good that was just a I mean, the crowd was great. To get a trophy from it was great. The seats were great. Yeah. And it's just it was just a great experience all around. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, U.S. Open Cup final. Try not to poop yourself. Yeah, at the end. I mean, Elliot even mentioning beating Orlando in the semifinal was pretty great too for the Open Cup. I like that. That was a good one. Yeah, I mean, it was just it's a good run, man. Like you said, seeing this team turn it around, where I think we all rightfully had some doubts. I think some people took that maybe to the extreme, more yep. so than others. Yep. But um, seeing sort of the the turn of holding out hope and and seeing the results of giving somebody the benefit of the doubt and trusting in a process and realizing that so much of sports and our American culture is immediate gratification and that's not the way it works whenever you're going through something like this. And it's like a new, I mean, it's literally like, a, a company turning hands and under new management, right? Like you, you can't just expect for there to be results immediately. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but five weeks isn't a lot of time to figure that out. And unfortunately, like with sports, it gets looked at in a vacuum because we see these guys play weekend week out. And, and it's, and there's so few games in that span of time but think about any other fucking situation in the world does a company get a new ceo and only give them four weeks <laughs> i guess it depends no yeah but you're no, right i mean like, right, it, yeah. whenever you think about it from that standpoint it's like you're literally taking over a company in some part like you're you're a major stakeholder in this company and in charge with this task of um maintaining and enhancing in some way that takes some time and if you think about what everybody i mean think about what you do in 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 a in a a week of work and you get four weeks of work for a new fucking business like that you have no affiliation with first of all that you have to not only get in, get acclimated, learn. And and I know this is not really the case here because it's not like he came on. And then four weeks later, we were talking about that. He had some time in the off season to get acclimated, but it wasn't like it was much. They weren't battle tested. You know, you don't, a lot of those things you don't know until, you know, you got to kind of throw something out there and see, I mean, you're in the software industry. You've got to 
test these things to failure in order to figure out what the problems are and how to fix them. And whenever you start to sort of frame it in that lens or mindset, it takes on a completely different approach to things. But that's that's really what we did was we tasked him with running a company and four weeks later, some people were willing to go through that process again, which is, I think that's always yeah. going to be the case. The, 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 it's the exception to have anything other than that. Which seems absurd, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And same thing goes for, I mean, getting knocked out. I mean, think about it. Way more teams don't win the trophy than do. Yeah. You brought up that interesting point. It's just like, Losing is the norm in the playoffs. Yeah. Losing is expected in the playoffs because only one team ends up winning from the entire season. Right. Everybody but one team. You're one of the final four out of 32 teams. 30, no, 20, 24. Why do I keep saying that? Um, 24 teams. You were one of the top four. Or is it 22? I don't know. You were one of the top four we have teams. 20, we have two more coming in. I know, year. I know. You were one of the top four teams. Yes, 24 teams. Yeah. You you were one of the top four out of 24 teams. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty fucking great. You got two trophies on the way there. You're a couple of bad breaks away from being one of the top two teams in the league in a rebuilding year. There is a lot of positive to take away from that. A lot of positive. Yeah. So... Look forward to next year. I know we'll have some more shows in the off season as news and developments occur. And hopefully we can get Dan on the mic again soon. God, that would be nice. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, in the off season, we are going to keep doing stuff, making stuff, uh, stuff, if bubble you stuff. Yeah. If you guys are interested in something other than Atlanta United, if you guys just like listen to us, jibber jabber, Kevin, uh, my wife, Angie and I have started doing a, a new show called Bubble Stuff. Yeah. And uh, even though the first two episodes involve no bubble stuff, <laughs> we don't have any bubble tea. Um, but yeah, we're just talking about essentially our creative endeavors and, and what we're doing and adventures in production, as it were. I mean, between Kevin and Angie's artwork and uh, me trying to figure out how to work a giant machine <laughs> to to carve out wood. But yeah, it, it's, it's hopefully... It stays the same beat of what this show is. This show is not going away. I want to make sure that you guys are completely aware of that. It's just some people will never get their dreams to come true. This this show's going nowhere. No, absolutely not. We will continue to live rent free in your head. That's it. So um yeah, I mean it's just unfortunately there's no more games to talk about for a few months. And we love doing this and we love being able to interact with all of you guys on whatever basis we can continue to do so and find out more about your lives and share another part of ours because i think that's what atlanta united ultimately has done and meant to me is a opportunity and a space to grow as an individual and to be a part of a community that's more than just the team that we're supporting yeah every week and so that's kind of the that's what our goals are going forward um in the off season and hopefully we'll be able to do it uh even as atlanta united kicks off next year but um yeah so if you're subscribed on youtube hit the bell holcomb icon and get notifications whenever we do that going forward and it'll always be a surprise on what it is that'll also be on itunes if you just search home before dark um that stream will go up under the regular uh, the regular channel. So um, be sure to follow along with that in the off season and hope to hear from you guys and what you've got going on. Anything else? No, I'm good. I think I've uh, kind of beaten, beaten a dead horse tonight. No, it sucks, but I think yeah. there's a lot of positive to take away from it. No. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Second place loser as Brian Daniels put it. Yep. So as we find out news, rumors reports we'll obviously bring them to you guys um whether here or on twitter wherever you can find us at that's at home before dark that's before spelled b and the number four and uh you can find us individually if you're interested in what we're doing with bubble stuff or anything else where can they find you at? find me at tim herb find me as well at the architect that's at the underscore arc number one t-e-c-t Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time. As always, unite and conquer. That's not what you're supposed to say.
Why not right now, though? Okay. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 